Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. The St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, in partnership with Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network, present a podcast for divorced and separated Catholics. Hello, and thank you for joining a podcast from the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. My name is Anne DeSantis. Great to be here with you on this Tuesday evening in January, and I hope you all had a wonderful and blessed Christmas and are still enjoying the Christmas season because we're still there. And we are in the middle of this wonderful 12-part series. And I am joined again by my wonderful co-host, Rose Sweet, who is also, and she loves when I say this, who is also the vice president of the St. <laughs> Raymond Anatis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. Welcome, Rose. Wait a minute. Wait, because we know what the vice president never does any work. So that's why I'm happy about it. <laughs> Okay. One of these days, our little joke is going to get stale, but thank you. That's right. Somebody's laughing at it. (laughs) Anyway, well, it's wonderful to be here uh, on this January Tuesday. And our topic this evening is living abundantly on a budget, giving gifts. And, you know, we just came from that giving gift season, didn't we? Some of us are still returning gifts from Christmas time. And, you know, we're still in that season of doing some shopping because people have all those gift cards and things like that that they use during this time as well. So uh, welcome to everyone. And we have a great topic this evening, Rose. So please do tell us more. Well, uh, one of the toughest things in in marriages before the divorce even happens is money issues. Now, people think money problems are are the cause for divorce. They're not. They're a symptom. They're a symptom of selfishness and fear and over expectations and over attachment. So we're going to talk about that. Divorce has a beautiful way of stripping away, not just the good things in our life, but some of the bad things that we've had, some of the disorders and the uh, attachments that we've had. And after divorce, um, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people, their income goes way down. They're strapped with huge bills. They maybe lose their house. Maybe somebody's lost their job because of divorce. There's big child support payments. Sometimes the child support payments don't come in. Then what do you do? There's a big shift and a change in the way that you receive and handle your money. So um, this is advice for everybody, divorced or not, living on a budget. Who wants to live on a budget? It sounds restrictive and not very fun, does it? Yeah, I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. And it's a good point to make that even if you are not separated or divorced, if you're just a friend of the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation or love Rose and want to listen to her podcast, uh, whatever your situation, you know, getting some good guidance on how to handle your finances and being a little bit more 
um, smart about it is good for all of us as we're heading into all of us eventually going to head into retirement, right? So we need to think about all these things. Well, I remember, you know, you always hear little kids that go, mommy says something and, and the kid goes, why, 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 why? And you're like, shut up, just do what I tell you, right? Well, for too long, I heard what the church taught or advice from adults, but I want to know the why, because I don't want to just do the behavior unless it's, unless I understand it. So, well, and that doesn't, we should obey God, even though we don't understand things, but here's the, I want to go down to the why about why we struggle with money and why we don't like budgets. First of all, we're a people of desire. We have deep desires and our desires are for happiness. And we've talked about happiness before. Things make us happy, give us temporary happiness, shelter, and, you know, purpose and, and joy. And um, it, it's good. These are the goods of the world. But we have to discern between what we need and what we want. We girls know that when we go to the mall. I always bring my girlfriend and I go, do I need this or do I want this? And she says, you need it. And I go, that's why you're my friend. So needs versus wants, and a divorce makes us take a really hard look at a lot of the things that we want are good, but we can't have them, and we can still be happy. So this is about our thinking. If I have this, if I have this big house, if I have this income, if I get the child support payment from my former spouse, I'll be happy. If I don't, I won't. And then I got to do everything I can to make myself happy again. So Really, the whole thing about money and, and happiness goes back to, well, how are you thinking about things? So the Catholic Church gives us this guide about attachment. We've talked about that, haven't we, Anne? About yes. being attached to things and concepts and ideas and even people. We're, we're so attached that if they ever go away or walk out the door or leave us, we freak and we lose our entire center of being. And the church says no thing and no person should be at that center. That center is reserved, that balance place for us is reserved for God. And sadly, though, we use money as a place to give us, you know, that security and purpose and everything. But here's, here's what we think. I think that if I had this thing, it would make me happy. If I don't have this thing, I'll be miserable. Now I have fear that I might lose the thing or that I did lose the thing. And now that produces anxiety or anger or sinfulness. So I can get the thing back or the money back or the house back or the person back. So I'm afraid to think about money because what if I don't have enough? I'm afraid to think about money because I might have to give up something that I really like. And it's not fair. He or she walked out and left me with nothing. You know, I remember, Anne, I, I got hit really bad in divorce. And I always have gotten my nails done all my life. I love my pretty nails. Sorry. Yes, it is vain. And I couldn't afford to have my nails done. And I know that sounds stupid, but for me, where I was those many decades ago, it was, it was horrible. It was a great sacrifice. And the day when the day came that I could again, afford to have my nails done, I was, I was delighted. Even little things like that can send us ta in a tailspin of misery. Um, you know, and the holidays that we just went through are a, a perfect example. 
maybe if you're listening and you went through that, you, you know, you wanted to buy more for your kids. You wanted to buy more for somebody you wanted, hopefully you wanted to receive more and you didn't this let's get back to what really matters. So do you want to live on a, and I'm going to ask you, do you guys live on a budget? We do our best. <laughs> I mean, we just had two girls go through college and, um, but yeah, we do our best and uh, to cut back on certain kinds of spending that aren't necessary. Well, through COVID, it was a little easier to be honest. Right. No, I know I, we haven't been going out to eat quite as much and I feel bad for the people who work at restaurants, but we have saved money in that regard. And it's making me think moving forward, I don't need to go out as much as I was. I really don't. Um, so here, so what's the goal? What is the goal when, af especially after divorce, when your finances are just in shambles? The goal is to be debt free, to pay off all your credit cards in full every month. Wouldn't that be the dream and the goal of every family? And to have at least three months or even up to one year's of income in the bank. Now, remember Susie Ormond? She, she had a yes. show about money. Mm -hmm. I loved watching her show. She had lots of good ideas. But those are the three goals. I think that they're healthy goals for everybody to be debt-free, to live debt-free, to pay off your credit cards every month in full and have at least three months or even more than that sitting in the bank for, for reserve. So how can you do that? Yes, you can. Do you have to give up a lot of stuff? Yes, you do. Do you have to give up everything you love? No, you don't. You just have to be smart and pick the ones that matter the most. So to, to get to those goals, you have to have a plan. There's a, there's a verse in scripture, it's Proverbs 29, 18. And it says, without a plan, the people perish. If we don't, if we don't know, if we get in the car and we start driving, we don't know where we're going. We're going to get lost. You know, if you want to lose weight, <laughs> you have to have a plan. If, you know, you want to change your hairstyle, you have to have a plan. If you want to be debt free and pay off your credit cards, you have to have a plan. So it's basically money in and money out, just like calories. Mm -hmm. How many people today, and I work with a lot of people in my coaching business, how much money do you make every month? Well, I'm, I bring home this, but then there's this, and I go, so you don't really know. And I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. So they don't really know how much money they, that comes in, and they also don't really know how much money goes out. They don't track it. But, you know, it's just like Weight Watchers. If, if you, you've been on a diet, and I know you have an adorable trim figure, but I'm sure you've been on some kind of weight loss program in your life, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, about five years ago, I started running, and that was my, my weight loss program, that and just cutting back and trying to eat more healthy. So it was simple math. Mm -hmm. You monitored and looked at what was going in your mouth mm. and you monitored and looked at what exercise your body was doing. It's very simple, in and out, two things. We have to do the same thing with money or we're just gonna get fatter and fatter into debt, as it were. And divorce or no divorce, de debt is crushing. Debt is, it's, it's shameful, it's fearful, it's crushing.
So um, over the years, I remember uh, I listened to Larry Burkett had a, had a lot of programs and I, all your listeners go, just go to the web, go to Google and putting Larry Burkett, B-U-R-K-E-T-T, financial system. Or today, somebody who's followed in his footsteps is Dave Ramsey. A lot of people we, I know use those systems. And there's free budgets that you can download on the internet. And it's just like a little chart. This is what we pay for rent. This is what we pay for utilities, insurance, blah, blah, blah. And in my coaching with people, I actually give them a budget on an Excel spreadsheet. And here's what I learned the hard way. Okay, and let me experiment with you. So just give me some fake numbers if you want to. How much does it cost you to live each month versus how much it costs what you bring in? Do you, do you make a little, do you, are you going in the hole every month a little or are you saving a little or is it evening out? Do you know? Yeah, so you want me to give some fake numbers you said? Yeah, just, just, just tell me, you know, let's say how much, do you, do you have a little left over each month that maybe goes to savings? Yeah, let's, uh, let's just say that we have, um, and I'm, like I said, I'm making up these numbers for yeah. someone listening, Yeah. that there's an extra $3,000 at the end of the month. Okay, that's a big number for a lot of people. That okay. means that you brought in $3,000 that you didn't have to pay for bills. Yeah. That's really, that's great. Can we lower that down a little bit? Yeah, I think most people have like 30 or 300 Okay. Seriously, let's say seriously, it's $500. Okay, say $500. Let's say $500. Okay. okay. Now, when you did your budget and you and your husband know that you have $500 a month that you're throwing into savings, did you include in your monthly budget what you're going to spend one time every year at Christmas? No. See? So, how much does, what do you think the average person spends at Christmas every year? You know, the it's tree. Hard to say. I guess the, the tree. The family. The, the food, not, we're not even talking presents. A thousand dollars? Well, let's just, okay, let's say a thousand dollars. So if a family spending a thousand bucks at Christmas and not considering that every month, every year, they're going to get hit with a thousand bucks that goes on their credit card that they don't have. They, have, they haven't set that aside. So if you divide a thousand by 12 months, I think it's about 83 bucks. If you put aside $80 a month for Christmas. When Christmas comes, you don't have any bills. It's free. No, it's not free. <laughs> it's called amortization. And it means that you take that one time a year or two times a year expense and you spread it out over the 12 months. So you really know what you're really spending every year. The other thing that most people don't do, you got to get new tires for your car. I have to get, I have to get new tires in, in, this month and it's going to be about 800 bucks, right? So I divide that, how, I have to get it every three years. So you divide that by three and that's your annual expense. And then you divide that by 12 and I got to throw another 15 or 20 bucks a month onto my budget. So when I have car ex, tire expenses, I have the money. This is why we get out of control on our credit cards. It's not just because we're buying stuff that we can't say no to. It's, it's necessary. Christmas is necessary. Maybe not a thousand bucks, but it's necessary. Tires are necessary. Going to the dentist three times a year. 
for your teeth cleaning. What is that? Four or 500 bucks? You got to spread that out over the 12 months. So here's the other thing. Birthdays. Tell me, Anne, what you spend on each of your family members on, a, on when a birthday rolls along. Okay. Well, <laughs> people who know me, um, I'm known for being pretty thrifty. Okay. <laughs> I'm that's saying good. that with a laugh. I, I am one that three, frequents thrift shops and things like that. So me I too. am always looking for a deal. So what I spend on birthdays is probably maybe a little bit less than others because I try to get good deals. Um, okay. so it's hard to say exactly how much I spend. I got two daughters and my husband. And oh, um, so would you, would you spend uh, 30 bucks on birthday presents and birthday cake and, you know, yeah, I mean, let's say 50, I guess just if you add in, um, as you said, extras. Okay. So 50 bucks per person. So right away, that's 150 bucks for those three people, right? Do you ever buy presents for your other family members or friends or? Once in a while. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so you've got several hundred dollars again that you don't, we don't think about these things when we do a budget. It's not just our rent and our groceries and our utilities. It's everything throughout the year, especially next year, we got to send little Billy to summer camp. We've been promising, you know, we re he really wants to go. What's that going to cost? Are we going to throw that on the credit card again and let that thing get fatter and fatter and fatter? No, it's a time to really stop and take a look at what do we really spend our money in? What like the diet, what are we really eating every day? Well, I just had a bite of this 10 times during the day, you know? Yes, that was three sandwiches. That's equal to three whole sandwiches, those little bites. So it's kind of the same concept. So amortization is really important when you're doing your budget. And for the divorced, this is something I try to tell everybody. I'll never forget when I started running divorce recovery groups. And tell me if you've heard stories like this. We just can't make it. My husband was, he's supposed to send us like $800 every month for child support. And I can't, we, we can't make it. And the creditors are at the door and, I'm angry and I'm depressed and I'm scared, right? So what do you, have you heard people like in your groups, Anne, afraid because they're not getting the child support payment that they're supposed to? Yes, I have heard this before. So what that does, it keeps you enslaved to that person month after month after month, waiting and hoping and never being certain that that money's going to come. Because if it comes, you're, it's good. If it doesn't, you're in big trouble. Who wants to live that way? I don't. And getting angry and hiring lawyers is not, you know, you can't get blood out of a turnip. Some people are never going to pay their child support. Is that right? No. But does it happen? Yeah. So my advice has always been try to create a budget that does not include that income. See how you can live. Now imagine this. See how you could live meagerly but adequately without that seven or eight hundred dollar a month child support. Then if it does come, it goes into savings, it goes into the college fund. It goes into a buffer so that you are living 
free of being enslaved to that person and free of anger and resentment and fear. Now, that's hard for a lot of people, but it's not impossible. I know a lot of people who have, have done that. So that's my challenge to everybody out there. If this is happening to you and you're constantly angry because you're not getting the money that, you should, that you're owed through the courts, decide to make a change. Change your lifestyle. And guess what? So you got to go to a small apartment and drive a used car and shop where Ann and I shop at the <laughs> shops for your clothes, right? And, and that's going to maybe another 10 or 12 years till the kids are grown on their own. Your life is going to change. Your, your life is never, where you are now post-divorce is not going to be where you are forever and ever. Amen. Things will change. But for now, it's a time to get smart, pull in, get rid of your bitterness. And here's the tip. And I don't know about you. But I found this app called Poshmark. Do you know about Poshmark? No, tell me. It's awesome. Okay, and it's for men and women. So whoever's listening. So let's say I have a beautiful St. John knit or um, a Ralph Lauren blouse that I only wore four or five times. You know, good brand name clothing in good condition, gently used. So I take a picture of it, put it on this website, Poshmark, and then you come along and I'm only selling it for 10 bucks. It cost me 90 just last year or whatever, right? So you can find things that are absolutely beautiful and of good quality, all kinds of things, household items even. And through PayPal, you, I, I've got beautiful sweaters that were $8, $10, $5, brand names. It's amazing. So there are today, especially with the internet, there's so many places out there that we can get what we need. We don't have to sacrifice quality. Our kids can have beautiful things. We can have nice things and still be within a budget. So Poshmark, P-O-S-H-M-A-R-K. I didn't think I would be advertising that on this, but it's so, it has saved me millions of dollars and maybe saved my marriage. What can I say? You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. You, um, you definitely have me interested. <laughs> yeah. It's really cute. It's really, really cute stuff. So now we talked about not relying on the child support. Let's go to the next, my next little point here, tithing. Did you know that Catholics in general tithe far less than their other Christian brothers and sisters? I, I've heard, and I don't know how true this is, but I have, I believe it. I've heard that non-Catholic Christians really do tithe about 10% of their income. Um, and Catholics tithe about 2%. I, I think we expect father and sister, the way our, the church is structured for the church, you know, we throw things in the collection basket and expect the church to pay for everything. But we really need to step it up on tithing. And it's not so much as, a performance, but in gratitude to God for all his blessings, in gratitude to God for all his blessings, his love, his grace, his fidelity, the church, the sacraments, our lives, the roof over our head, the food on our table, the medicine that we have when we're sick. We really don't need that much more. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, I can't agree more. I mean, and, yeah. yeah, 
And if you don't have, if you don't have the cash to tithe, then tithe, as they say, your time, your talent, or your treasure. You know, great. Get all the kids, throw them in the car, go down on Saturday mornings, and sort through the goodwill stuff at your local church. Serve at the soup kitchen. Whatever you can do with your children, teach them the value of giving in return and in Thanksgiving. You know, and a few months ago we had Thanksgiving. So this, the beautiful rhythm of our of our year, of our calendar year, and of our church year, it really is about receiving and returning, receiving gifts and being thankful and, and giving it back to God and to others where we can. Did you want to throw anything in at, on that tithing thing before I go to my next little point? Oh, no, I think it's all good. I mean, what comes to my mind too is that even though the general tithe obviously is 10%. You can give a certain percentage to your church and then maybe give the other half. Say if you did five and five, 5% to the parish and 5% to some other charity, if you can do that. And like you oh, said, yeah. if you can't, you can also volunteer someplace. And give your you mean time. like the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I, actually, oh. I wasn't thinking that, but you know what? It would be a big help if you yes, could support it our would. mission. Thank and you. The beautiful, the beautiful thing is you get to pick. I have a favorite charity that I absolutely love, and it has so much personal meaning to me. And I give a, a lot of my tithe to, to that charity. Um, it, you, don't, you can give it wherever you want. You know, give, obviously, also give some to your parish when you can. Uh, but if you have another favorite charity, go for it. So look at your desires, realize they're good, realize that right now because of divorce, you can't have everything that you want, but you probably have everything you need. See if you're open to having the goal of being debt free and paying off all your credit cards. Come up with a plan, make a budget, go to the internet, look up Larry Burkett or Dave Ramsey. It's all free easy peasy, or even call me. I love to coach people in the money area. Um, remember amortization, which is taking all those one or two time expenses throughout the year and spreading them out over the 12 months. Don't rely on the child support, at, or at least as much. Don't forget to tithe. And when you've done all that, you then you let go. And what I mean, especially money causes a lot of resentment, especially after divorce. You know, you, don't, you didn't get enough money or you have to pay too much money. Life isn't fair. Jesus never said our life would be wonderful and easy and fair. There would be moments of those things, but that beautiful life that we're longing for is heaven. So let go of the unfair losses and trust our Lord to satisfy the deepest needs of your heart and your children. Let go of your bitterness. Let go of your unforgiveness. God wants to bless us. And I'm, I'm not talking about the prosperity message. Like if you, you know, turn your life over to Jesus and your bank account will grow. I'm not saying that at all. The bank account definitely after divorce is going to shrink, but your heart can grow. Your joy can grow. Your love for other people can grow. Your insight can grow. Your virtue can grow. Your wisdom and how you see, see the world and see, see your place in it. And your relationship with God can grow. That's where you want to have a big, fat bank account. 
Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> These are wonderful points, not only for divorced and separated, I think, but for all of us. Well, my last two are reinvent things where you can. Just like you, you, you look for deals, make it a game, invite your kids into this, do things that are handmade, recycle, repurpose, go to those thrift stores. I am the queen of writ dye. Uh -huh. I, you know, when I have a, a shirt or a pair of pants that I really like, but they're getting kind of old or I'm bored or whatever, instead of going out and get a new pair, I will, I'll throw them in the washing machine with Clorox and get all the color out. And then I'll run them through and turn it, turn them with writ dye and make them another color. I've done that all my life and it's so fun. So there are ways to enjoy what you have on a limited budget. And the last thing is, and, and I always tell, you know, you've heard me say this, teach the kids what you're learning. After divorce, you have to teach the kids what you're learning about anger and forgiveness and bitterness and fear and depression and loneliness and holiness and the sacraments, all that you're learning, all that you're receiving, you have to be like those mother birds where they take the worm and they chew it up and then they regurgitate it to the kids, to the little babies. What you're learning, turn around and teach the kids. Talk about it at the dinner table or in the car on the next road trip. Have your kids, this is what we, I did with our kids when they were little, three coffee cans. Uh, one for tithing, one for saving, one for spending. And their allowance had to be divvied up. They got to choose, but they had to at least be accountable that way. And God does the same for us. We get to choose how much we put in each of those areas, but we have to really cover those areas. Did you do that with your girls at all? How, how did you help them handle money? Well, I think the biggest way that we did was whenever they got money from someone, uh, we put a lot of it in the bank and then they got a portion of it. So, and in that way they have money now because anytime they had a party and were given those hundred dollar checks or whatever, we, we put a lot of it in the bank. So no, that's good. That's, yeah. that's good. And we have to learn to say, especially after a divorce, your kids have taken a big hit and we all know that. And we, we want to make it better by buying them things or taking them places, right? But you can't afford it. Don't rack up the credit cards just to buy the kids love and to make them feel better. Teach the children that no is okay. It's okay to say, no, we can't afford that. No, we can't buy that. No, and don't say this. No, we can't afford that because your father never sent his child support. <laughs> you know, that, that's nasty. Don't do that. And it's alienating the child and the other parent. Just say, no, we can't afford that right now, honey. And here's my rule. Whenever you say no, find out how you can also say yes at the same time. No, honey, we can't buy that new um, $900 Xbox thing or whatever, but we can go to the park and uh, rent scooters for the day or something like that, you know? So when you, when you do say no to your kids, learn to say what we can do. What can you do? It's going to teach them to think when God says no to this, he still says yes to this. When you say yes, have them put some skin in the game. And you know, God does the same thing with us. He says, yes, you know, I will bless you, but you got to step it up here. You got to put some skin in the game too. 
you're, we partner with God. So have your kids. If you, they want a new bike, did you ever buy new bikes for your kids, Anne? We have. And what about cars? Oh, we, we have been buying used cars for the past few years, so they're never brand new. <laughs> okay, and that's good. That's good. Yeah. But they work, right? Did you yes. ever have your girls pitch in any of their savings or their allowance or pay for part of the insurance or the gas? Or did they have to put some skin in the game? Well, the skin in the game is just that they're getting an old car that was mine and they right. pay for the gas and right. help out with right. in other ways. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So in other words, they're not just being, we don't hand our kids everything that yes. they want because we feel bad, especially we feel bad about the divorce. So we can't say no to the kids. Don't do that. This is a beautiful time to teach them the value of money, the value of things other than money and to build virtue and character. Um, sometimes though, as God does with us, you could splurge and just every once in a while, my parents did that with us. We couldn't afford it, but it was time and it was appropriate. And we all went to the picture show. That's what we called it when we were little. And we got hot dogs and popcorn and ice cream. We went the whole thing. There were nine of us kids. So it was a big chunk of dough and it wasn't in the budget. But every once in a while, it was, it was an unmerited, abundant blessing. And God does that with us. I think everybody has experienced that. Sometimes when you're just struggling and you're tightening your belt, it's okay to go get an extra ice cream cone. It's okay, but just not on a regular basis. That's right. So hopefully these points are things, they're not the most pleasant things to think about, but they're very important and they can free you. Living on a budget frees you from a lot of worry, fear, anxiety, bitterness, and, and insecurity. And uh, I love it. I, we pay our credit cards off every month in full. And it's such a, oh, I can't even tell you. Not that we spend that much. Uh, but we don't have debt. We don't have this big crippling debt. It's possible. Yeah, they're great. All the points that you made are so good. And, uh, and, and I'm, even, I'm grateful for, for my own benefit with my family here that you've introduced some of these things to think about, especially what was that one? Posh, posh, Poshmark. 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 Yeah, I have to check that out. Well, you know, I just thought of one more story I would love to share, right? So it, so the, when the, our boys were teenagers, you know, I don't like the curfew and I can't wait to move out. And so instead of going, well, you should appreciate, I did not go, come over here. Here's a computer. Here's an Excel spreadsheet. You want to move out? Let's see if you can afford it. If you can afford to move out, ta-ta, you know? So I said, what do you think you got to pay in rent? So we sat there for an hour and I did this with each of the boys and how much is rent? How much is utilities, car payment, gas, tires? You want to take your girlfriend out on a date? What do you spend on her? You know, we went through the whole thing and I go, here it is. You got to make $40 an hour to live, to live outside the home. And they're like, oh, but minimum wage is like, you know, 12 or whatever. I go, that's right. So what could we go here on this list now and cut back? So I gave them freedom to dream and say, I want this car and I want to go this vacation and, you know, just live big. And when you see how much that really costs and you can't do it, 
then you, then you look at reality and go, okay, what do I want to keep? What do I let go of? It's a really good thing. And I think every teenager needs to go through this and I will help your teenager go through this. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it, it's a reality check. And it also prepares them for being a husband or wife or a young adult in the world and being able to stand on their own two feet and not go into crippling debt. Yeah, it's, it's a talk that everybody needs to have, not only as husband, wife, uh, but with your kids. And, and if you're divorced or separated, you, you may even need, still need to have those talks with your ex about the kids and how you're handling their, their finances and their expenditures, correct? Yes, and if you can talk to your ex that way, that's fabulous. Uh, a lot of times people can't talk to their ex that way, or the ex is the one that's encouraging them to you know, spend, spend, spend. So even though you're on your own, you know, trying to raise your kids the right way, you're not really alone. The, the people, the wonderful people, Anne and me and everybody at the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation is here to help families in crisis. And we've focused, as you know, on those who are going through divorce. It's a big crisis and it causes people to get afraid and even maybe lose their faith. And we're here to help you get back, to draw on your faith and to find that stabilization and that, that joy and that abundant life, even on a budget. Uh, that, that sounds awesome. And, and that's exactly what it's all about. As you said, that we're here for you between what Rose does. She offers wonderful one-on-one -on -one appointments, right? For people who want mm -hmm. to sit down and talk about where they are with their spirituality and where they are with their life. And right. where they are possibly after divorce, even though I know some of your clients aren't necessarily those who are separated or divorced, because you get other people who are just wanting that um, spiritual accompaniment. So definitely do connect with her at her website and learn more about what she does. Thank you, Anne. Yes. And about your writing. I wish we could talk about that too, because you have some good news. Well, uh, let's, let's talk about that next time. Our topic next time is about uh, the, the uh, disappointments and the pitfalls of dating after divorce. Yes. Um, for some people, it's not possible. For some people, they don't even want to think about it. But for some people who do go there, things have changed a lot in the world since you last dated. And the church has some good wisdom to keep, again, to keep you on the right path and to keep you happy and holy. That's right. That's right. Uh, do you have any more points to share? Because maybe we can kind of end talking also about the different um, other resources that you have and, and even some other uh, points of advice that we, that we can offer for them. Well, for those who are maybe going through divorce, because I know that January is a time that Unfortunately, sometimes it does happen in that month. I know you had shared that with me before. Yeah, I think a lot of lawyers say that uh, a lot of people are too chicken. They want a divorce and they're going to they're gonna make an exit, but they can't, they don't have the heart to do it at the holidays. So January typically is a big month in the lawyer's office for filing for divorce. Sadly, though, I hear this a lot. Some people don't even care and they drop the divorce bomb on their spouse right before Christmas. You know, last, this is, this is just a few months ago when we were right before Christmas, um, 
I had to help a few people that were just devastated by that. So yeah, I, we have a lot of resources. Go to my website, rosesweet.com. I have books, I have videos, um, topics that you want to deal with, depression or anger, or what does the church really say, or the annulment issue. That's a big, scary thing for a lot of people. We're here, uh, the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation is, and I am here to help families in divorce crisis. And even if it's been a while and things are still popping up that are difficult, we're here for you. Uh, we have resources for you. Um, get on our mailing list, stay in touch with us. Keep listening to the podcast. Ann and I plan to deliver a lot more good content in the months to come, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. We, we're only half, not even halfway through with this one. And I think we'll be ending right around the summertime, this 12-part series. We began it in, in September. We had a little intro in August, but it really formally started in September. So uh, it, it will go probably just about through the summer coming up in 2021. And, you know, here we are, 2021. Um, it's who knows what this year is going to bring, but maybe we learned a lesson from last year. We don't know what lies ahead of us ever. Um, so it's less about divorce and money and kids and all that stuff than it is really about the person of Jesus who is always present and always calling us into tender intimacy with him where he will guide us through whatever the year has this coming year, this next, the year after that, whatever is, is coming. He's our center. He's our budget. You know, he's our bottom line. He's our, he knows all about profit and loss. And uh, mm -hmm. he, he wants to help us have that abundant life uh, and, really soar with happiness and holiness. And that's what we're all about. So Anne, thank you again for hosting these podcasts. Oh my goodness. It's my pleasure. And it's, it's an honor to host you because you have so much wonderful knowledge. And for those who are listening, maybe for the first time, I mean, Rose understands she herself uh, has been through divorce and she knows what it's like. And you can listen to some of our earlier podcasts that she talks about her own personal story. So, um, you know, we're, we're just so grateful. And if I could just share with people who are listening also some of our resources, go to our website at nonatis.org. Not only do we have some information there about our podcasts, which are the first Tuesday of every month at eight, and the last Thursday of every month, we have one for families in crisis. We also offer the spiritual accompaniment through our uh, consultations with Father Ken Breen, who is one of the Mercedarian Friars. He's been doing this now for uh, a couple years already. And he, he will listen to you, he will help you, he will pray for you, and the Mercedarians will also, because that's what the Mercedarian Religious Order is all about. They're willing to give their lives for those who are in danger of losing their faith. And Rose and I are both members of the Third Order of Mercy. And that's what that's all about too. And I invite you to go learn about that at orderofmercy.org and learn about the Mercedarian Religious Order that's based in Philadelphia, but they're also in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, and Western New York. So uh, please do learn about them and maybe consider becoming a member of the Third Order. Yep, I, it's totally worth it. It's a beautiful, beautiful community. 
It really is. It really is. And we have wonderful saints too. And uh, we won't talk about all of the Mercenarian saints on this podcast, but if you go to Order of Mercy, they have page of all the saints and information there about St. Raymond Anatus and St. Peter Nolasco and all the other saints. Uh, St. Peter Nolasco is actually the founder, but St. Raymond Anatus is your, a patron saint for Christian families, for uh, women who are in, um, who are having pregnant or giving childbirth, and also for those who are falsely accused. When you think about that, I think there's a connection there with this very mission that we have with divorce and separated, because yes. sometimes as a person who's separated or divorced, maybe you know what it's like to be falsely accused. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's tough. So there's lots of issues Lots of complex issues, but you're not alone. We are here. And I might add, the best is yet to come. Yes, the best is definitely yet to come. So you'll definitely have to join us next month, the first Tuesday in February. Uh, and Rose, please tell us, is there any other call to action or anything else that's going on in your own ministry that you want people to know about? No, and you know what, I, I would just ask people for their prayers that I can continue to work hard uh, to the day I die or however long that lasts to, to be one of the few people uh, for the separated and divorced in our church who uh, I want to fight to the end to help you guys find your way back, find joy, find the abundant life, find peace, find happiness, happy, the happiness that lasts. So again, um, go to my website, go to the St. Raymond Anatas website, and just know that we keep you in our prayers, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I think more than anything else, the St. Raymond Anatas Foundation is about prayer because nothing happens without prayer, right? I mean, we need prayer every single day of our lives. And especially you're going through some kind of a separation or divorce, you need to know that God is with you and that the church cares. And that's what Rose's whole mission is about too. We don't want you to walk away at any time thinking that no one cares about you or your situation. Um, so, so please do reach out to us. I will give you my, my email address as well. It's simply director dot, and then the four letters of the foundation, director dot S-R-N-F as in Frank at gmail.com. And I'll give you my cell number for texting if you want to text a question or something. It's 215-870-9913. But just remember, I'm the vice president, so I really don't do anything. <laughs> oh, please. It okay. does so much. Oh, my okay. goodness. God, God bless you. It's great to see you, and we'll talk to you next month. Yes, we'll see everyone next month. God bless, and thank you from the St. Raymond Anatas Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, visit nonatus.org or email director.srnf at gmail.com. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive 
a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.